What's up, Jack? Hey, everyone. I'm the Goat, and today with me, my co-hosts, Deathstroke and King Shark. Today, we're going to be starting our new podcast series, What's Up, Doc? We'll be talking about from everything from debates to news to our thoughts on certain matters. So I'm just going to introduce Deathstroke. Hey, what's up, Deathstroke? Can you hear me? Hello, Goat. How are you doing? Okay, that was a weird thing what to say. And uh, next guy, King Shark, what's up, man? What's up, man? It's a new era, right, for us. I mean, this new podcast and stuff, super excited. Up and it's King good to Shark. be on board. Great, great. So today's topic um, will be we'll be talking about um, Wonder Woman 1984, the latest addition to the DCEU. Versus... Wait, I haven't seen that one. Why you gotta ruin things, man? Why you gotta ruin things? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry, um, sorry. Uh, Wonder Woman 84 versus Wonder Woman, the original uh, movie. So both movies are not, are good enough, I guess. Uh, Wonder Woman being the better version uh, in my perspective. So first of all, we're going to be talking about Wonder Woman 84. So what are your thoughts? That's true. Oh, I'm first. Okay, yeah. <clears throat> well, Wonder Woman 84 was a pretty good film. I'd say I, I gave it an 8.5. Okay. Uh, it's mostly because of the cast. I thought, see, Wonder Woman was amazing. Okay, Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman was perfect. And the second one, the breakthrough character for me was Maxwell Lord. Pedro Pascal was amazing. He he is one of the main reasons why anyone should watch uh, Wonder Woman 84. He, he's, the, he's easily the best part of the film. And then, you know, Cheetah. Cheetah was amazing. And the, the dynamic uh, with uh, Cheetah and Maxwell Lord was pretty amazing. I really enjoyed the villains. The villains were pretty awesome. And the chemistry between uh, Diana and Steve Trevor... And how they brought him back. It was really amazing to see them together again. It was really beautiful. The story, I would say, was overall was uh, beautiful and great. However, I didn't like the fight sequences in the movie. It was okay-ish. It wasn't like the first Wonder Woman, the action. You know? And CGI, I would say, was a bit off uh, most of the time. And that's all, that's all I got to say. All right, Deathstroke. Uh, King Shark, what are your thoughts on Wonder Woman 84? Yeah, I agree completely with uh, my co my co-friend. Right? It's Deathstroke, uh, from, brother. From, from host uh, to friend. I was just thinking that I forgot your name while I was... I was I'm Deathstroke. I'll kill you, bitch. Okay, okay. I'm okay, an assassin. Let me get back. Can you ask me the question again? <clears throat> What are your thoughts on uh, Wonder Woman 84, King Shark? Yeah, I agree completely with Deathstroke. I mean, Pedro Pascal was just amazing. I mean, watching the movie just for me, it was just a breakthrough movie film. I've followed him even in Game of Thrones. I thought he was excellent there as well. He played a really charming character there. And then he just like was the main part of the movie for me. His, uh, the, the way he, even his character built and... I think it had a perfect ending for him as well. And the movie on a whole was very ambitious. 
for me, it was the movie 2020 needed. I mean, yeah, there were a lot of downs in 2020 and stuff. And, you know, it ends with a bright spot of how Wonder Woman could, like, you know, change everyone's opinion at the end. And for me, like, yeah, it was a very ambitious trend. It was not perfect by any stretch of the imagination. I feel this, it tried to achieve more than the first movie in terms of storytelling and definitely gave a more complex story. And thus, it was not the perfect movie, but I definitely loved it from minute one to the last. What about you, Goat? What did you think about it? Well, for me, I think Wonder Woman 84 was a mediocre movie at best. Um, The thing is, I really enjoyed the strong suits of Wonder Woman 84 were the acting that was done by the whole cast. But I feel that there was a lot of, uh, there was a, there was lack of action scenes that, you know, were required. And there was also a lot of, um, I would say, bad CGI. I mean, you could honestly see some um, things that were off, very off at like certain scenes, which um, is kind of, you know, bad if, you know, you're, it's a big budget movie. It's a 200 million plus uh, budget movie. So I think, you know, the CGI should have been much more than expected. But the story was okay for me as well. I didn't find it that great. Maxwell Lord, again, you know, he, uh, Pedro Pascal has done a, a really good, he has been amazing in his role. Uh, even though it's not completely comic accurate, but I think uh, what they did with the character was really good. And other than that, I think Wonder Woman 84, uh, from what I've given it, I've given it a 7.5. And I think that should justify Wonder Woman 84 as a movie. But I think there are a lot of changes. I, the reason I think there was a lot of, um, um, a lot of um, scenes that you know, were not needed in the movie is uh, because it was not only Patty Jenkins who was uh, writing the, whole, the script, it was also Jeff Jones as well. So we, we all know, you know what, what's been going on in the DC, um, uh, DC uh, Warner Bros at the moment. A lot of drama is happening over there at that, in, in their part as well. So there, it, I think it's a ploy for some reason, but yeah, um, it shouldn't affect movies, but it, it does. So you can actually see the difference we have in Wonder Woman and then coming into Wonder Woman 84. I don't know, I'll ask you guys uh, one thing. Uh, Do you think maybe because it was set in the 80s, maybe that affected the way they went about the CGI and the tone of the movie? Did you you guys think that maybe? I believe the tone because the first one was set in 1917 during the World War I. So it made sense to be like really serious and dark. And this one set in 1984 where most movies and most it was mostly cheesy and cringiness stuff so that's why i think the tone of this movie is really light and similar to that and many of the old superhero movies like superman even batman the old one had a lot of cheesiness and in it so i think it's they just try to you know call, replicate that because this movie set in 1984 that's what i think, think. cheetah as well didn't get enough time I really loved every scene of Cheetah, but I feel we do need to see more of her. She does need a whole like movie, maybe. Like, 
keeping her for the future now that wonder woman 3 is coming up we see her she's not dead in the movie she's still alive so we, i think we'll see her in the future and i don't think she renounced her wish completely i think she can like change between being cheetah and being normal at times so i think i i really hope we see her again because we didn't see her fully shine maxwell lord obviously he stole the show and guys we we love dc how awesome was it to see beautiful lie at the end of it right it just, that was uh, that was the perfect that was, moment that was the moment of the movie wasn't it that ending I scene swear. i think for for me that would be um uh for me that would be the equivalent to the no man's land scene to in the wonder woman 84 that would be the scene um the equivalent to no man's land i agree with you but no man's land scene had like more action it was focused on action but this scene was just really emotional you could see uh, maxwell lord's back story and how he was abused as a child and then you have that same music playing from bbs it was that music always like kind of makes you sad you realize that song is just about bad things happening in this world and it made sense for the story you know Ms Maxwell Lord as we know he he didn't want to be a villain he just as a kid he was abused as a even as a boy as a man he was you know hated by a lot of people he was pushed around a lot i think he just wanted to be stronger more powerful and that's why i don't really consider him as a villain i mean he did become good at the end all for his son you know he became the good guy i think uh that's what uh dc does best uh they focus on you know their villains but what i feel from uh cheetah's perspective is that uh cheetah was handled like a cliche um like a cliche villain like you know a person who wanted uh you know more power and then you know they get a power from some kind of wish or some kind of accident and then you know they get um like you know they become a villain so i think that's cheetah's perspective from my point she reminded me a lot of uh, this guy electro from uh, amazing, uh, amazing spiderman 2 yeah uh that really reminded me similar yeah because the stories are kind of similar but i think maybe they cheetah was not needed in this movie from my perspective i think maxwell lord would have done good on his own like you don't need i think they used her maybe just in this movie to introduce her so we can see her again in the future movie Because I think they just because she didn't have a big role in this movie as Cheetah, she had like small two fight mm-hmm. scenes, I guess that's all, maybe a couple of interactions with the characters, and she didn't even have a big impact on the story like Maxwell Lord had. So I think they just they just uh, introduced her in this movie so we can see more of her in the future, hopefully. and i think maybe she hasn't lost her powers um since basically she made the wish before maxwell lord uh, used the stone so she has her first wish over there but um the second one when she asked to become the apex predator with the, which is the cheetah then she uses maxwell lord's wish maybe what can happen in the future is maybe um as you know a little bit comic accuracy can be you know used in getting sursi to help uh, cheetah regain her powers and become cheetah again so you know maybe that could happen at any point 
but that's for the future. And as you all know, Wonder Woman 3 is already in the works. It's been fast-tracked by Warner, Warner Bros. already because of the success that it had um, in HBO Max and it had the best pandemic numbers, uh, opening numbers right now. Let, let's hope the original Justice League by Zack Snyder does well on HBO Max so we can see more of Henry and Ben as Superman and Batman. Fingers crossed for that. Yeah, and the next thing we will uh, be talking about is Wonder Woman, uh, the first movie that Patty Jenkins uh, did with Gail. Um, so what's, what, what you, what, what's your favorite scene from uh, Wonder Woman, uh, Deathstroke? Yeah, for me, from Wonder Woman 1 was uh, obviously the No Man's Land scene. It was so perfect for me. And the best part was it didn't go into this uh, too much, too deep into feminism that, you know, she's a woman, she can cross the no man's land or anything like that. It was it was just pure action. It was just pure superhero style. And, you know, the way she just walks up and it made me so excited, you know, for a moment, I wanted to be Wonder Woman. I cross-dress in a Wonder Woman outfit. It makes me feel powerful. Even though I'm a man. Okay, uh, that's, that's, that's kind of weird, but yeah. Uh, no, but I mean... Even PG, come on, even PG, that stroke. You can't blame me, okay? See, I really, really wanted to, you know, be Wonder Woman. She was that cool. Like, that's how you write a female character, a strong female character. Unlike, See, we do support LGBT know, the recent, on this page as well, yeah? Yeah, we support everyone, that's for sure. See, but we don't support bad characters. Like, see, Captain Marvel, uh, gotta admit, it wasn't a great What character. a poor I movie. I didn't like it. And it's not because she's a woman or anything. I love Wonder Woman. I love Kill Bill. I love Princess Leia from Star Wars. But I don't like Rey. So, I'm not a sexist. Just putting it out there. <laughs> um, same question goes to you. <laughs> what? Uh, Is that, that, that one? No. <laughs> no <laughs> wrong one. That's true. So, oh, what? what? <laughs> Ravis Steel? That's true, that one? The, uh, yeah, that one. That one. No, no, let's go with that one, you know. Let's not um, piss anyone off, okay? Same question, podcast, you, same question goes to you, King Shark. Uh, what's your favorite scene from Wonder Woman? I think I, I just love the chemistry between Steve and Diana. I thought that was brilliant. In both the movies, it was just superb. But the way they connect in the first one, because obviously they didn't have any background like they did here. It's just brilliant. Every scene they were together was just superb. And for me, one of the most shocking scenes, I think, was Steve dying. Because I don't think anyone saw that coming in the first movie. And like, that had me in an emotional wreck. Did any of you guys see that coming? Uh, honestly, I didn't. Uh, because it was actually... Um, very different from what we normally have in superhero movies because Steve Trevor, as we know in comics, is a real, uh, a really integral part of um, Wonder Woman's life. So it's very different to see something like this happen you know, directly on the main antagonist. I think they used like his death to build her character because you can see her, she kind of, you know, remembers him all the time. And he's one of the reasons why she did so much, you know. She just loves him. It was a really great move to actually kill him. Because I, I don't think everyone should live and, you know, blah, blah, blah. 
you know once in a while a character should die so that it helps the storyline to move forward to make it more deep and understanding that's what his death did as soon as he dies she gets even more powerful you know she, i mean you've seen the movie how she just jumps up kind of flies and then you know beats her so that was pretty great i think but it was emotional for me that people yeah. die so for me i think the best uh, scene from uh, wonder woman the first one uh, would be obviously i agree with that stroke no man's land that scene just gave me goosebumps directly because it was the score one thing we did not talk about a lot is the score that's on both movies wonder woman and wonder woman 84 the score has been done perfectly by um, in 1984 especially by hans zimmer uh, he has done a great job in that department and i think that that again you know helps a lot in, in when you're in uh, when you're watching a movie it helps you create that scenario i know man that that's part of the reason why star wars is so big it's the music in the star wars by john <laughs> i think john williams and hans zimmer are two hans zimmer are two of the best uh, choreographers I mean there's just the music is so different so perfect so beautiful they capture the scene perfectly they make it even better like the beautiful lie scene in Wonder Woman 84 they use that music it makes it even more emotional and the same music was used in BVS and it, it makes it emotional then there are different musics so i got to say Hans Zimmer is like the the perfect guy for you know to make music in any movie really captures the essence of each and every scene so that's really amazing i think he's the perfect um um he's if you don't have john williams to do your uh score then hans zimmer is your guy i think that's that, that's literally the case right now because uh, john williams is also known for his uh amazing scores he has done on, on multiple films like jurassic uh jurassic park and um and superman and a lot of other movies so i think he is the perfect re- replacement if you are not looking for john williams then you're going to be looking for hans zimmer and that's why he's um, the best at you know what he's doing all right we'll be doing a little comparison between the first and the second wonder woman movie um first of all let's talk about the tone of wonder woman 1 and wonder woman 2 uh what are your thoughts uh, king shark on the tone of the movie on both of both movies the tone definitely obviously one was set in a world war type you know scenario that being the first one the woman it had a more darker tone obviously it also had i'd say a simpler story in a way whereas wonder woman 1984 was a more lighter tone and probably a more ambitious storyline like it was trying to achieve different kind of stuff you know with multiple goals in mind i feel but yeah def- definitely that was the main difference i feel in tones you guys agree well yeah i agree with you see the first one was actually the story was simple but it was beautiful and the tone was a little bit dark because of the time it was set on it was set in 1917 18 i guess during world war 1 so it made sense for a darker storyline and a darker theme 
and then in wonder woman 1984 it's set in the 80s and we all know how 80s would used to be i mean we weren't there but we saw seen the movies right it's all weird clothing and uh, rock music and stuff like that hip hop so i think it really matched the the time when they when the movie was set in and i also feel like part of the reason why wonder woman 84 is different from wonder woman 1 and also bvs man of steel it's because this movie was uh, written by the one and only jeff jones and as john i think is john so as we all know he has a bit of problem with uh, zack snyder and his dark take on the movie so i think he tried to make this movie as light as possible so i guess that's one of the reason why this movie is so different from wonder woman 1 in terms of tone back to you go um all right so for me i think the difference in tones um really matches the idea of how they're uh taking on the movies wonder woman 1 being set in uh a war scenario and it being a little more grim and you know really and you can see the the grading the color grading on uh, wonder woman it's kind of you know darkish grimish like you know it it feels like a war movie and that's i think uh, a great part of it and wonder woman 2 uh wonder woman 1984 is more of a uh how can i say this a retro kind of feel it gives you a retro kind of feel obviously because it's uh, being set in uh, 1984 so it it's supposed to give you a kind of retro feel and i think one of the things i would have loved about you know wonder woman uh 1984 if they would have added it is some kind of pop culture references because 1984 was you know a time where there were a lot of you know these kind of pop culture references like nowadays you know people are looking for that and these kind of references really help audience uh, especially uh, audience you know who are into retro kind of um um retro kind of um things they are really interested in seeing some things like that and i think if they had you know focused a little bit on that part it would have been a more um better experience for me all right second but uh, it did have some references to the original superman film with the, with the flying and stuff uh, patty jenkins even say it was supposed to be like a homage to the original superman film i was really happy to see something like that even in the first wonder woman there's a scene where she stops the bullet when yeah. they're in disguise so that was yeah. also a reference to so i feel like patty really loves the original superman series as we all do It's one of the best superhero films yeah obviously that um, those movies are uh, basically our childhood and you know they are um, you know the best they are you know what started basically dc movies as we know them right now um second thing we're going to be talking about is um what about patty jenkins range as a director what 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 do you guys think like how is she as a director um directing the first one and the second one like what are your perspectives on that uh first of all king shark what would you what are your thoughts you know i've seen a lot of people bashing patty jenkins for wonder woman 1984 and i just thought what's this for i mean she just produced two different types of movies and i like that in fact i feel 
I wouldn't want to get the same movie, you know, twice in a row. And what's funny is people will say, okay, you know what? Why wasn't it like the first one? You know, it should have been the same, same tone, you know? Why change, you know, what did so well? The same people will go around saying, oh my God, you didn't change anything about the movie, but we're going to give it a low rating. How often do we see that, right? Guys? They only do this for uh, DC movies. I mean, if you see Thor 1 and Thor 2, right? They're a little bit serious, a little bit dark. And Thor 3 is completely different. It's a comedy film. And everyone just loves it for some reason. I don't know why, but to me, I feel like Thor 1 and Thor 2 are actually better than Thor 3. They're just comedy films. Now see, they didn't say anything for these kind of movie. And uh, MCU, as, as, I mean, you've seen the recent films, right? A lot of them are similar tone. They're all comedy films with superheroes in them. And then when someone from DCU does this, they just get kind of angry. See, Perry Jenkins went from a dark tone to a more lighthearted tone. Now, it makes sense in the movie because it's said after like around uh, 60 years after the original film and then the original film was set in world war one and now it's in a normal time and she has a normal life now so it makes sense to you know kind of change the storyline make it lighthearted, to gather more audience also so i mean i don't think so you need to why i don't understand why people are bashing this film so much i mean the story is great everything's great yes action cgi a bit off so that's fine, but saying that it's completely bad and bashing the director, it doesn't make sense. That, that's just stupid. It's, it's almost like they forgot that she directed Wonder Woman 1, isn't it? I mean... Guys, I swear, man. Like the, the same, same people person. would claim Wonder Woman 1 was probably like one of the best superior movies, you know, in recent time. Right, guys? So, like, uh-huh. I, don't get, I don't get people. <laughs> I mean, it's a pretty 50-50 film. For most people are like, some are saying it's nice, some are saying not. Yeah, a lot it's a of, bit confusing. A, a lot of mixed reviews are there for Wonder Woman 1984. Uh, what I feel is that um, Patty Jenkins is an amazing director. Uh, but the problem is, what, and this comes again as, you know, there's a lot of restrictions by the production companies. And once you're, you know, forced to have someone else as a writer as well, let's say, you know, Jeff Jones is, as a writer, he's, he is, you know, with Patty Jenkins all the time. So it becomes a problem because you don't have, you know, creative control anymore. And this is what happened in Snyder's original vision because once you don't get, give the directors the creative control, they will have, you know, problems later on, you know, you know, just like envisioning. And, and if it becomes, you know, a failure, then they're going to blame the director. They're going to be like, you know, this director does not know how to make this movie. And, you know, it becomes a whole... Uh, like it becomes a huge problem see one of the reasons why i feel mcu is a much bigger success is because see disney gave the control to kevin feige just let him do whatever he wants to do and they do not interfere but unlike warner brothers they gave the control to zach to do his thing and then they put a head on top of him they put jeff jones and everyone to control him and not let him do his own vision. And That's try to meddle in between. Yeah, yeah. It, it, they try to meddle in between uh, decisions that um, normally people, I think 
for for some people still they would say you know they did not enjoy batman versus superman they said they will say they didn't enjoy man of steel and i think those two movies are one of the best uh, comic book movies of all time they are nice. especially man of steel i think that is one of the best superman movies out there and one of the best comic book superhero movies out there that's the movie that actually made me fall in love with superman because before i used to think superman's just like an op guy and his story is not as great as compared to batman you know from how he becomes from nothing to the batman but then in man of steel you actually see how he he's he's more like us we can relate to him more than we can relate to batman even though he's an alien and it makes sense and, and you know the thing is what i read somewhere was that Jeff Jones why he's so kind of pissed at Zack Snyder is because during the Superman pitching movie pitch right uh, Christopher Nolan actually picked uh, Zack Snyder over Jeff Jones and Christopher Nolan was one of the writers of uh, Man of Steel film and that what that's what made uh, Jeff Jones get angry at Zack Snyder and later tried to you know take over make sure he doesn't put out his vision fully and uh, look what happened uh, i mean 2017 we all know how the film failed so badly but now luckily we're getting the original version of his film which we are grateful for all right we all know uh, justice league was a flop in 2017 uh, as that stroke said so i think the uh, i think the best you know, surprise surprisingly the best part of the 2017 justice league was the death strokes and as we all know i'm death stroke here you guys can thank me uh <laughs> basically i still and the reason the film even the, worked <laughs> a little bit there was supposed to be another scene for the end credit but um not end credit it's going mostly a post credit scene because um actually it's the same thing right what am i saying i mean no yeah no no i think post credit is like like the first credit goes right the main actors only and then there's a scene and then yeah. after or end credit scene is when it's like the full credits everything every stand director everyone every crew everything goes and then there's a scene i think that's end credits Mm-hmm. maybe not sure right the post uh, and end the same there's another word right for mid mid credits scene i think yeah that's the one okay. that is the one mid credit you learn everything about cinema you learn everything about cinema inshallah i'll bite your ass uh okay uh another um another thing we can uh we i wanted to talk about was um what's your thoughts on the rotten tomato score um that went from 87% to right now i think it's 69% or something 66 okay so uh can i swear am i love is this pg uh, no no you can't or r rated you can't, you can't swear, swear so no you can't so <laughs> okay just one okay 
fuck rotten tomatoes okay seriously <laughs> i don't know why people even give a damn about critics because first of all everyone has a different taste in movies sometimes we love a movie that's maybe not loved by a lot of people but you know some people love that movies like like fantastic four the original one one and two it has really bad rating but we love it because we watched it you know it's it's our kind of film even spiderman 3 it's hated by the critics but we love it the fans love it yes it's a little bit cheesy at times but we love it so i feel like don't get, think about critics maybe i read them you know okay fine but then watch the movie for yourself and then judge because once you watch the reviews once you look at the reviews you see bad reviews uh, your mind gets focused on the points they say now if you go and sit and nitpick the entire film then there's problem with almost every single movie i mean i can sit and even nitpick in star wars episode 4 5 and 6 even so they're the best ones they're actually one of the best films best trilogies but you know if i sit and nitpick and you know okay okay yeah, there's a problem here there's a problem and then give the rating obviously it'll be bad but if you just watch the overall film enjoy it and you know you see if you love it then okay fine but if you think about the critics you read their reviews and then go watch the movie you most probably won't love it or love the movie it depends on what critics you read some are like rotten tomatoes and some are better you know imdb and all they really give their reviews are different from rotten tomatoes rotten tomatoes has like a personal vendetta against uh, dceu for some reason um same question goes to you king shark what are your thoughts on the rotten tomato uh, downgrade that happened to what roman 1984 Yeah, Rotten Tomatoes definitely owned by Marvel Studios. I mean, every Marvel movie on Rotten Tomatoes is the best movie ever, right? Ninety four, ninety three, ninety two. Wow, these movies must be freaking amazing. I mean, every movie must be you know produced by some great. When actually it's the same movie being made over and over and over again, and I don't know when these people are going to get bored of it because I remember, I think that struck one of the years. I don't know which it was where. I don't think I watched a Marvel movie. I think. That was the uh, homecoming, was there? I think Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, 2 yeah. I, no, I didn't watch the year. I think it was two thousand seventeen with the uh, homecoming Guardians of it's the okay, Galaxy. It's okay. It's okay. That's true. You could only watch one movie. You'd cover all three. I mean, they were pretty <laughs> yeah. much same movies. I, I agree. Most of the film, even Seth Rogen said that most MCU movies are just comedy movies with big budget, and he's not wrong. It's just funny films. Okay, it's great. It's fun to watch, but sometimes you want seriousness in the film because of the situation. Like movies like Ant Man, Guardians of the Galaxy, Spider Man. There's no emotion. It's just comedy films like Winter Soldier, Iron Man One. You you have those emotions in the film. It it has seriousness in it. and you actually feel in the movie otherwise most of the movies are just comedy films okay you laugh they end and then rotten tomatoes give them 92 95 for some reason i mean they're good but that's a lot they just give 90 to marvel like like it's nothing it's one of like the, in school right there's a favorite student on the teacher she gives them high and then dc uses that backbencher that teacher just hates for no reason gives them less <laughs> Yeah, um, and I'm not hating on Marvel. I'm just saying that some of the movies get too high rating. Obviously, there's some great ones. I think Black Panther is a terrific movie. 
R.I.P. Chadwick Boseman. I mean, I thought Black Panther was a fantastic movie. I just Rest feel peace, you give you give movies like Thor: Love and Thunder '93, '94. Are you kidding me? And not sorry, wrong movie. I know it wait, doesn't wait, have it hasn't released, <laughs> but you're right. I mean, it hasn't released, wrong? but you're it's right. It's probably getting that rating. It's probably getting that rating. <laughs> no, no, that's too less. I'd say '95. Come on, that's and best Marvel movie ever, right? That's that's in every single review. Best Marvel movie ever. They say that for every movie. And for DCU, they always say best movie since Dark Knight. You know what's funny? I I saw that same review. Best (laughs) review, right? This guy wrote best movie since Dark Knight. And then he put a three out of five rating. I'm like, (laughs) are you kidding me? (laughs) So they're trying to say that Dark Knight was a three out of five. Uh, that's a complete joke of a person. Um, I think for from my perspective, the it's it's actually not Rotten Tomatoes who's actually controlling the score. It's the critics behind Rotten Tomatoes because Rotten Tomatoes is just um, it's just a measurement of uh, the different kind of reviews. It's just an average of you know reviews what people what critics are giving them reviews. And honestly, if if I, I as a fan, you know, of movies and going to the cinema, watching movies and uh, watching movies in general, I never, you know, look at you know a score of a movie to you know watch it because it's essentially a movie is being made for a fan for a for audience to watch it, not critics to you know just criticize every small you know nitpick, every small detail. So honestly, I don't really care what Rotten Tomatoes say. I don't really care any any other kind of um, you know critic, um, whatever they say. I think a much more better uh, uh, you can get a be- much more better review uh, review and perspective from another fan who's watching the movie, and they will you know tell you what what are the problems and what are the uh, good things about that movie. Like for example, see most of the critics. One more thing. They they don't know anything about comics. A lot of them, they don't know shit about comics, and that's why they kind of you know they they watch the film in a in a different way because they have zero idea about comics. Like us three, we have a lot of knowledge about comics, not as much as some of the nerds that are. I mean, we have a bit of knowledge, so we understand a lot of things. But the critics, they have never read a comic book, so it'll be a really different for them you know from a, a fan's review if you see it's going to be different he'll talk about all the facts from the comics and how it compares from the comic book and then on the other hand the critics will compare it to other superhero movies to decide you know which one's better and which one's not i think that's one of the problems with watching and, reviews and, from critics uh, and i think that's one of the main reasons uh, the mcu is you know more um, attractive to other uh, to the critics and to you know the other people watching their movies but i think that's a topic for another day um okay wrapping up on wonder woman we all gave our scores when we watched the movie uh king shark i think you gave it a nine and deathstroke i think you gave it uh a... i gave it an 8.5 well originally i would have given six but then I gave 8.5 for Pedro Pascal. I love him. <laughs> Even in Mandalorian, you guys should watch Mandalorian. It's it's easily an amazing TV show. It's better than the sequel trilogy of Star Wars. It's really amazing. A lot of old characters 
and it, the show really appeals to the original trilogy fans the prequel fans the clone wars tv show fans everyone except the sequel ones nobody cares about the sequels <laughs> all right i think to summarize mm-hmm. what you guys said about wonder woman 84 it's good but it could be better yeah <laughs> cue that shit <laughs> okay um yeah so basically uh wonder woman 84 our final thoughts for from my perspective is good but it can be better yeah that's it basically <laughs> and yeah i think that's uh, all the time we have for today and we will be back next week for another episode and we will be talking about something more interesting we're going to be talking about the current affairs that's going on in the streaming world which is the streaming versus cinema and how it's impacting the box office numbers all right thank okay, you okay can i say one thing before i leave all right go ahead i do not hate mcu okay just for everyone out there because i i don't want a fan war in the comment section i'm just saying because i i love winter soldier it's one of my favorite movies i love iron man i loved end game and yeah, that's true stack the suck up to the mcu fans <laughs> after putting them down for like half an hour oh that's true what have you done you you, you got to play from both sides okay it's like he's trying to become deadpool man it, it's like he's trying to become deadpool instead of deathstroke now Deathstroke's I mean, almost acting like Batman under George Sweden. You know, he's confused what character he should be right now. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you very much for listening. This is the goat signing off with King Shark and Deathstroke.